Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're back in uh, the book of Job. We're going to be looking at chapters 34 and 35. This is Elihu, who's been listening on the sidelines to Job and all his friends go back and forth arguing about what God has done to Job. Um, Elihu, now in chapter 34, we're going to be seeing him make the point that, look, you can't question God because he does no wrong. And whatever happened to you is God's will. But God can't do any wrong. You can't assert that He's made a mistake. You can't assert that there's something wrong with God's plan. He's always right. And when you're sitting there saying God must be wrong or He's let you down, then you've, you're making God out to be wrong. And that makes you wicked. You're the one who's wrong. And in chapter 35, the high point there for me is he's above you and his ways are higher than you. So let's look at some of the high points of these two things. I mean, this is advice for us today, isn't it? McGee quoted someone saying, live above your circumstances, not under them. If you live under your circumstances, you're just shutting God out, but Whatever's going on in your life are just circumstances. But God's calling you to live above them. Let's think about this as we read. Chapter 34, Elihu answered and said, Hear my words, you wise men, and give ear to me, you who know. For the ear tests words as the palate tastes food. Let us choose what is right. Let us know among ourselves what is good. In other words, he's saying words matter. I want you to consider my words really, really carefully, just like you'd be eating food. For Job has said, I am in the right. And God has taken away my right. In spite of my right, I'm counted a liar. My wound is incurable, though I am without transgression. What man is like Job, who drinks up scoffing like water, who travels in the company with evildoers? 
and walks with wicked men. For he has said it, he has said it profits a man nothing that he should take in the delight of God. So basically he's saying, look, Job's making this big mistake because he says, I'm right. And I don't have any problems. I'm I'm blameless. I'm without transgression. And he says, what does it profit? It profits a man nothing to follow God's way. Because evildoers just win in the end. Therefore, hear me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God that he should do wickedness. In other words, God's not wicked. Man's wicked. If you're saying God's wrong, then that makes you wicked. To try to say God's wicked. Far be it from God that he should do wickedness. And far from the Almighty that he should do wrong. God's not wrong. Of a truth, God will not do wickedly. And the Almighty will not prevent justice. Who gave him charge over the earth? Who laid on him the whole world as if he should set his heart to it? And gather himself to his spirit and his breath. God's not wrong. Job is wrong. And when you start claiming God made a mistake. Oh, why did you let this happen? You're insinuating that God's not sovereign and in control. And that makes you wicked. Down to verse 35. Job speaks without knowledge. His words are without insight. So now we're going to go to chapter 35. Do you think this is to be just? Do you say, it is my right before God? That you ask, what advantage have I? How am I better off than if I had sinned? Yeah, Questioning God's sovereignty. Questioning whether or not you want to follow God's commandments or God's ways. God's teaching for us because look what happens to my life. Look what happens when I did this. You're letting your own circumstances then dictate your belief system in God. Verse 5, look at the heavens and see and behold the clouds which are higher than you. The The clouds are higher than you. Your ways are below my ways. My ways are above your ways. He is above you. His ways are higher. But none says, verse 10, Where is my God maker who gives song in the night? It's God who gives song in the middle of the night. It's God who brings joy in the midst of sorrow. It's God alone who brings light into a dark world. It's God alone who brings wisdom into our wicked lives. God's ways are above your ways. Just look at the clouds. They're above you, and God's above that. You don't have the right to say how my life is turning out and question God's ways. God's the only source of wisdom and joy. So that's where we're going to stop. Powerful lessons for us to consider. It's Friday. As always, we take a break for the weekend, and we shall so do today. 
And now we'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this study today. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. And as always, keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you next time on Monday as we continue our study through this really powerful and applicable book of Job. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Job chapter 34, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to Job chapter 36, verse 1. So in this chapter, chapter 34, we listen to the discourse of Elihu. So Elihu was not one of Job's friends. He was just a a spectator in the whole discourse amongst Job's three friends and... um, yeah, so he listened in and back in the day, you know, there was the whole hierarchy and, you know, age-wise and all. So he let Job's friends, you know, um, talk to Job and try and reason with Job, interrogate Job, accuse Job. And he um, all the while was a spectator who listened in and he only came in after all of Job's friends were done. So scripture reads... Verse 1 of chapter 34. Elihu further answered and said, Hear my words, you wise men. Give ear to me, you who have knowledge. For the ear tests words as the palate tastes food. Verse 4. Let us choose justice for ourselves. Let us know among ourselves what is good. So here he is turning to Job's three friends. That's who he's addressing. You know, just as the, he's, he's actually said, talked about like, um, for the ear tests words as the palate tastes food. So here, you know, just as the mouth tastes food, that's what he's saying. So does the ear test, you know, w- words. So Elihu had also used this phrase before, actually. Um, sorry, not Elihu, Eliphaz, one of Job's friends, had used this phrase actually early on when we were at his discourse. So he says, he's actually saying, you know, just as we taste food, food some, something that's good, let us hear something that's also good. So he's, he's saying, you know, I will speak some, about something that's um, better than what Job's friends actually spoke of. Verse 5 goes on to read, For Job has said, I am righteous, but God has taken away my justice. So in other words, God hasn't been fair to me in giving me a trial. That's what Job was saying. He's saying I'm righteous, so which means Job is saying, you know, I'm right and God is wrong. So verse 6 goes on to read, Should I lie concerning my right? My wound is incurable, though I am without transgression. So here, Job, he's actually saying, I've got an incurable desire, disease, sorry, and I didn't do anything. You know, Job is saying, you know, everything I'm going through right now, I'm sick and all. You know, I've got this disease and clearly I haven't done anything. Verse 7 goes on to read. Sorry, verse 6. Let me just read verse 6. 
it goes on to read um should i lie concerning my right my wound is incurable though i am without transgression so job is saying you know um i you know i i, I haven't done anything like why am i receiving this kind of this sort of punishment verse 7 goes on to read what man is like job so um here um you know the lord actually chastens uh his own he disciplines his own so those that are um god's children he disciplines for a definite purpose so you know scripture also says whom the lord loves he chastens and we are told not to actually despise the lord's chastening but job is despising the chastening of the lord he's saying that god has no right to do this and it actually removed him far from god then he actually began and then he actually began to faint under the chastening of the lord and we are not to faint so we're not to despise we're not to faint we are uh when we um when we are actually rebuked or chastened by god so god's doing it for a purpose in our lives so we ought to look at it that this something that god wants to do wants to you know make us focus on or to make us stop doing so god always does it for a definite purpose in our lives verse eight goes on to read who goes in company with the workers of iniquity and walks with wicked men so if you actually look at it job has joined the protest outside the heaven protesting with you know um placards and say and he's saying god is wrong and job is right and we have a lot of folk who are actually like this like a lot of folk in the church who actually believe i am living an upright life i am not supposed to pass through any uh, trials and tribulations and whatnot verse 9 goes on to read for he has said it profits a man nothing that he should delight in god so he's saying you know um i was serving god that's job that's job i was serving god and being a nice person and expected not to actually get in any problems and god didn't pat me on the back instead i get problems so this is a lot of christians again today you know they expect um like oh hey i'm doing this for god i'm being nice for god and they expect a pat on the back and not to actually face any problems or difficulties like you know like we're doing god a favor verse 9 to 10 sorry goes on to read therefore listen to me you men of understanding far be it from god to do wickedness and from the almighty to commit iniquity so elihu is saying god does not do wrong and paul said is there unrighteousness with god god forbid so if we say god is wrong then we are wrong so god is always right we are the ones who are always wrong whether you like it or not god is always right so god doesn't have to actually answer he's not answerable to you or me he doesn't have to answer to you or me or ask our permission for anything at all he's the creator so why should he come and ask us for anything 
Dropping down to verse 12, verse 12 reads, Surely God will never do wickedly, nor will the Almighty pervert justice. So God doesn't do wickedly ever. He is righteous. He is right. He is, he is holy. So he won't commit a wrong act. We today um, reason from experience. So we reason from the experience we get to truth. That's why we don't arrive at truth at all. Because we want to say, you know, like if you look at uh, Eliphaz, he had an experience. He was a traditionalist. He looked at things from the past. Um, and he says, because this was done like so and so in the past. And then we want to use a past situation in today's situation, which doesn't work like that. So we reason from experience. And reason from experience and um, experience the truth. That's why we don't arrive at truth. God, on the other hand, reasons from truth and he is the truth. The Lord Jesus Christ is the truth, the way and the life. Okay, verse 13 goes on to read. Who gave him charge over the earth? Or who appointed him over the whole world, if he should set his heart on it, if he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath. So God has a care and a concern for man. We may not think so or see so, but he actually does have a care and concern for you and for me. Okay, dropping down to verse 31 of chapter 34, it reads, For has anyone said to God, I have borne chastening, I will offend no more? So if God chastens us, then we should surely learn a lesson and not continue in that way or Maybe God is actually attempting to develop something in our lives. That's how we should look at it. But we won't let it happen to us unless it's accomplished. Actually, God won't let it happen to us. The chastening, all the bad things and all, unless it accomplishes a worthy purpose. So God has a purpose and a reason for everything that happens. Verse 32 goes on to read, Teach me what I should not see. If I have done iniquity, I will do no more. So if that has been the purpose to get one away from sin, then learn your lesson from it. We ought to learn our lesson from it. If it's actually the purpose to get us away from sin. Verse 34 goes on to read, Men of understanding say, I say to me, wise men who listen to me, Job speaks without knowledge. His words are without wisdom. So Job's problem is he actually spoke without wisdom and his words were without wisdom. So this is the problem with actually most of us today. We talk too much. We talk a lot. We do a lot of talking without actually knowledge or wisdom, without understanding. Quiet on yourself. Be still and know that I am God. Just quiet on yourself and listen. Verse 36 goes on to read, Oh, that Job were tried to the utmost because his answers are like those of wicked men. So here Elihu is actually saying that I hope God will actually try Job 
until he actually is able to defend God and not defend himself. So we get to chapter 35. In chapter 35, we find Elihu is reproving Job for referring that he's more righteous than God. Verse 1 goes on to read, Elihu also proceeded and said, Bear with me a little, and I will show you that there are yet words to speak on God's behalf. So the minute that Job said he was all right, he was actually saying, what he was actually saying is, um, he was actually asking, is God all right? So he was referring to God as being wrong. So Job should not have in the first place even began to defend him. The minute he started responding to his friends and saying, I am all right, which means he was saying God is wrong for doing whatever he was doing to Job, the chastening. Okay, let's drop down to verse 5 and it reads, Behold, God is mighty, but despises no one. He is mighty in strength of understanding. Verse 6, he does not preserve the life of the wicked, but gives justice to the oppressed. So this would actually be the question that Job would raise, that his life is not affecting God. That's what that's the question he's going to raise. Like, I'm just this tiny, small person in this life, and my life doesn't affect God. But it actually is. Our sin affects God very much. Look at it when Abraham sinned, when he took on the Egyptian maid Hagar, when they agreed with Sarah because they couldn't have children. And look today. You know, Sarah and Abraham were wrong. Sin, it, you know, they sinned, an awful sin. And that's, you know, and sin actually affects God. Look at where that nation is today, Israel. It's not because of Abraham and, 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 and Sarah's decision to actually take on Hagar, the maid. Dropping down to verse 8, it goes on to read, And if they are bound in fetters, held in the cords of affliction. So we are to, we today are a witness we are preachers, regardless of who you are today. The way we live our lives is a ministry to others. We preach by our lives. Live a good life. Live a straightforward life because we are preachers. I mean, if I live a reckless life, that's who I'm preaching. Um, that's what I'm preaching about. Um, my life. If you know, I'm, as a Christian, I'm, I'm, I'm Sunday. I'm getting up and going to church, and you know, from Monday through. Um, Saturday, I'm running with the wrong crowd. That's the life I'm preaching. Dropping down to verse 10, goes, goes on to read 10 and 11. Then he tells them their work and their transgressions that they have acted defiantly. He also opens their ear to instruction and commands that they turn from iniquity. So God is the one that actually gives um, signs in songs rather sorry not signs songs in uh, the night the only place of happiness is god blessed be god so blessed means happy so god wants us to be happy that's the only psalms sorry not songs psalms so he's the only one that gives song psalms you know people tend to think oh hey i'm gonna be happy if i go out to the club and listen to all this like loud music and what it gives is like Dr. J.B. McGee told us, it's just the blues. 
but God's, like, if you want real happiness, listen to God's Psalms. Okay, so now we get to chapter 36, and in chapter 36, God here is the great teacher. He is the greatest teacher of all. Never has there been a man who spoke as Jesus spoke. And this is the message in the 36th chapter. And we just put our foot in the door. Verse 1, it says, Elihu also proceeded and said this, Bear with me a little, and I will show you that there are yet words to speak on God's behalf. So, God is a great, he's the greatest teacher ever. Okay, so this is our teaching for today. You know, we ought to um, look at it, you know, when we're chastened by God, there's a higher purpose that he wants to actually achieve. We ought not to despise it or to faint under it, but we ought to actually be of a contrite spirit and humble and accept it because God wants to either direct us in a certain direction, wants us to learn something, wants us to turn away from sin, or wants to achieve an intended purpose. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.